0: But anyway yeah so i'm here with mary so one of carmen's friends much like nick in the morning and i've kind of gone a bit interview crazy i guess today but i think i'm on the hype of just interviewing everybody but um yeah so i'm almost like i guess on the topic of nick and carmen it'd be nice to know how you know them and like how you fit in the triangle i guess because i've been meeting a lot of carmen's friends this week and i don't know exactly like how you met carmen or how you know carmen or like either. So I don't know if you want to start with one or the other.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'll start with Carmen. Um, Carmen's story is a little bit interesting. So, um, so every semester at our Chinese school, they'll release the names. And I was kind of wondering if there was someone like me who's an overseas Vietnamese person um, living in Taiwan because I don't think there's a lot of us. So when I saw her name, I saw her last name, which is Trung by the way and I'm like oh this girl's probably Vietnamese and it said that she's from England and so I was kind of curious about her sort of did a little bit of Facebook stalking (laughs) and I searched her name and it did say that she was living in Taiwan but that didn't mean that I was going to actually seek out for her it was just kind of like oh there is someone like me and then one Day I had um, dinner with a friend who also told me that she met a Vietnamese girl named Carmen, and I'm like, oh, to
0: together, yeah. Right? So I'm like, maybe it's that
1: girl. And then I asked her more, and then she's like, yeah, she's from the UK, and um, you know she's really cool and everything. So I'm like, introduce me to her. <laughs> um, and then after that, I um, was introduced to her, and we exchanged lines. Well, my friend gave me her line. And then we just started talking, and she's like, hey, do you want to go for board games? And from there, we just um, started becoming friends, friendly, and invited each other to different things. And now we are roommates. (laughs) So that's just kind of how it worked.
0: You said you did some Facebook stalking at the start. Yeah. What did you think about Carmen before you met her? And did, I guess, did your expectation, like, meet? how she was in person or was there something that kind of threw you off i guess
1: um so i guess like in her pictures she i wasn't too sure like what she was like just because i think she um i felt like maybe she could have been like an international student living in the uk as well too with with an english name um but then when i spoke to my friend my friend told me that no she's like from the UK, has a like has a very British accent, but very quiet. So I kind of knew that she was a very quiet person. Um, so when I met her, it wasn't like a surprise or anything. It's yeah. just exactly what I expected.
0: And I feel like it's really weird these days that you can literally form like a whole opinion of somebody before you've even met them. Yeah. And also like they'd be completely unaware as well. Like there may be someone out there mm-hmm. who stalked you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and totally like, oh yeah, Mary's like this. And like Right, right. And it's right. kind of weird to think, but uh mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess now you're your roommates. And I guess what what happened in between? Would you just kind of hung around and
1: Yeah, so um after that time uh I was like just doing a little bit of traveling so we didn't really see each other as much um but then i did invite her to this um christmas party and i think from there it's just started to manifest into more like inviting each other to different things and we saw each other quite often and um just developed a really like strong bond yeah kind of thing and eventually became roommates
0: kind (laughs) of deal and what is it like being roommates with guess one of your best Mm. friends
1: always yeah 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 we're kind of like besties now (laughs) um being roommates it's pretty cool like i mean like you know when she's not home i feel like i do really miss her a lot and when she is home i feel like i just always want to annoy her (laughs) um vice versa and it's just really nice to um have someone who's like around your age to always be around and um she's been a really good like support system for me in Taiwan just because you know we're on the same boat our family isn't here and um just like whenever we're going through really hard times we can always depend on each other and I think that's like really special about our relationship
0: yeah and then um what I mean this might be going a bit into it but um what kind of challenges have you faced here I guess being in Taiwan
1: um in Taiwan I think uh there are like different things um first off I mean, I grew up in Canada, so a lot of my social values are more towards, like, Western kind of values, and so being in Taiwan, I was kind of dealing with culture shock and just how, like, some people dealt with things, like Asian people dealing with things. That was, like, a really huge thing for me. And another thing would be, like, um, because I spoke English really well, people would kind of make weird assumptions like, oh, why does she speak English so well? Like, I don't understand it. You look just like me, but how is that possible? And I would always have to like explain to them, like I grew up in Canada. Yes, like I'm of Asian descent, but...
0: I guess you have it rehearsed now down to a T. Yeah, yeah. It's just
1: kind of like, what do I say? I've never had to like deal with this exactly. And I always felt like I had to repeat myself or explain myself. And that was kind of like, a little bit annoying it got to a point where i got really annoyed by it but at this point in time i just realized that you know maybe taiwan is very homogenous so they don't really meet people who are like me but more and more they are and it just takes a little bit of like understanding and like just being kind of patient with them about it or just not really caring about what other people think
0: yeah yeah and have you been around um, other places in asia where you found the similar thing because I, I I know that some people think Taiwan is quite forward almost in like mm-hmm. their diversity and mm-hmm. culture and whatnot so
1: um I think well other places in Asia like Thailand I'm sure they get a lot of a lot of tourists, so that wasn't a big issue but in Vietnam sometimes um, if I like spoke Vietnamese, people would be like what? How can you speak Vietnamese? Like, what are you? I'm like, oh, well, my parents are Vietnamese, so I guess that's why I know how to speak <laughs> it. But they were kind of confused, maybe because I. they heard me speaking in English, and then like hearing me speak in Vietnamese was just like throwing them off. So. Yeah.
0: And then I think you talking about speaking Vietnamese, what I find really interesting is the fact that you know so many languages, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how many languages do you know? Or what do you speak, I guess? Um,
1: OK, so English. Because that's like that's what, what I'm speaking now. Yeah, my native <laughs> yeah. tongue. And then Vietnamese, because um, I grew up speaking Vietnamese to my family, primarily my grandparents. And then um, Mandarin, just because I've been living in Taiwan. So I picked up Mandarin from there. And in college, I learned Korean and American Sign Language.
0: <laughs> oh, the American Sign Language. And we have, have you used it ever since you've.
1: American Sign it? Language? Yeah. Very little. Um, maybe like once or twice if I've met like. A deaf person i've tried it but it, i forgot a lot
0: so i had a really funny friend who i met in london and mm-hmm. both of her and her friend were traveling around and they both knew like american sign language mm-hmm. so we were like in a club and literally one of them would sign over to the other one saying like oh this guy is really hot and then she <laughs> would like sign back and i think it was like the best thing ever
1: yeah it's pretty but, funny
0: yeah
1: um i mean it was like it was a great course that i took i learned a lot about like the deaf culture and not deaf deaf culture (laughs) and then um and then just kind of like how to deal with being like around deaf people just because like there are certain um things that are considered rude which might not be rude in the hearing culture so i think that was like really great and i want to learn more if i could one day
0: yeah what do you think motivates you about all these languages do you have some kind of drive
1: um it's more like I think purely interest, Um, and I think when I learn certain languages or just know how to say, like, certain words in a different language, I feel like I can communicate with that person a bit better, and it just opens, like, a whole new world.
0: Yeah, I think was quite interesting today when we learned that new word. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) that was
1: pretty interesting, and I feel like I can continually use it so that, like, I just feel closer to people here like locals or just like my own friends who speak the language
0: yeah and do you think that you've come you're at a decent point in your mandarin now that you can kind of sustain friendships i guess because i think something that would be quite difficult is only holding surface level friendships because of the language barrier Mm -hmm. and obviously if you have somebody who speaks your mother tongue it's a lot easier to have like deeper chats and and talk about other things whereas i guess having that language barrier there might get quite so do you think you've overcome that hurdle or do you still
1: mm, I think like um I can be very conversational in Taiwan um not Taiwanese and Mandarin but there are sometimes I find it very difficult to explain like what I really feel so getting onto like the very deep like non-surface level it just becomes more difficult like I just feel like I want to use English even though like I know that their English might not be on par Um, So I think the difficulty stems from there and sometimes it makes it kind of hard to make Taiwanese friends who can get you at that level. And so I feel like my group of friends now, they're more foreigners just because we can have like deeper conversations and stuff like that. Mm. Not because I don't want to be friends with Taiwanese people, but it does get hard, like it's kind of hard to be able to explain myself. Like, if I feel frustrated or if I feel annoyed, I don't have the vocabulary for it. And I can only use, like, kind of, like, baby language. (laughs) And it just doesn't make sense. Like, I know they try to understand me and everything, but it's just not the same.
0: Yeah. 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 And what kind of advice, I guess, would you give to people who are studying Mandarin? Because I know there's a lot of people, Uh probably, like, my friends as well, who some of them will be listening to this. And I know there's some people back at my university who will be studying it and and especially me as well I found I'd always hit uh, walls when I was studying Mandarin and Mm -hmm. did did you find the same or
1: um I definitely found like times where it would be so difficult like even today like to explain something that I really feel or mean but I think my best advice for people would just be get out of your comfort zone and don't be afraid to make mistakes because from those mistakes you can learn very valuable things like oh don't say this because it's bad or wrong or this is wrong grammar and then when you really take it like to heart and mind you'll start remembering and you'll be like oh yeah I shouldn't say it like that I should say it like this and it just becomes like almost second nature by it because in the beginning I found like Chinese grammar really difficult just because I was mentally translating everything from English to Chinese but now it's a little bit more natural and it really feels like oh i've made so much progress since day (laughs) one
0: yeah so i have an interesting question so do you knowing all these languages as well what language do you like think in and at times do you switch or like (laughs) i don't know it's like me just kind of vaguely knowing mandarin i Mm -hmm. guess i'm just used to always like thinking in english um i
1: definitely (laughs) still think in english for sure but there are some moments just because um i know all these languages i do kind of get like frazzled so sometimes i'll try to be like oh where are my keys but then i might end up saying it in vietnamese or something like (laughs) and it just it's just kind of weird yeah um i remember uh i was dating this one guy and i just started like talking to myself in vietnamese like where are my keys and he's just like what language do you think in and I'm like, I think in English, but that just came out in Vietnamese, so maybe it was like a brain dysfunction <laughs> <laughs> at the moment.
0: But no, that sounds it sounds quite interesting. I think it's quite an interesting topic actually. Mm-hmm. But um, so I guess you've you've your language has gotten better and better, and you've almost you've settled into Taiwan.
1: Yeah.
0: What kind of kept you in Taiwan after you? Because did you come here to study and then? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I guess like that would. It's kind of like a, um, a long process, but I will try to make it like short in what I'm saying. So <laughs> in the beginning, my parents were like the driving factor in me learning Mandarin for the fact that they do a lot of business in China and Taiwan. So they wanted me to learn the language. But I actually took Korean in university, which they were kind of not very pleased with me. So after university, I took Mandarin classes and my dad, he wanted me to learn it in a way that I could be more conversational by one in one year. But, you know, living in Canada, you don't really use the language as much. So I think he just came up with the idea, like, maybe if she spent time overseas, she would be better at it. So he was like, you should go to China. But at that time, I'm like, I don't really want to go to China. Um... But I think like I wanted to learn the language, so I convinced them, I'm like, can I go to Taiwan? I think it would be better just cause I heard that Taiwan was a little bit more closer to like the Western society in terms of East Asia. And I slowly convinced him and he's like, okay, you can go. So I settled in Taiwan and when I came to Taiwan, I definitely only had the mindset of staying for a year but within my stay in Taiwan, my parents were like, do you think you wanna um, work in Taiwan? Because I think that would be very good for your Mandarin. And I'm like, you know, that's probably good. So within my stay here, I knew that I was gonna stay longer than that one year. And then um, I started looking for a job. It was like a hard process just cause you know, you're a foreigner in another country and trying to find a job That's can be a mess. So once I did settle down and find a job, um, it just kind of like went from there. And I'm still here after two years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like quite interesting. Um, What what hurdles did you come across when you were looking for a job? Because I know it's quite, I I mean, I have a lot of friends in this bucket now who are Mm -hmm. either between graduation and finding a job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: or they've gone on to do some kind of language course or go abroad for a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think same with you as well. You've got like quite a lot of friends in a similar boat. Mm-hmm. So I guess what challenges did you kind of face then? And mm-hmm. how did you almost like land your job, I guess?
1: Um, so basically, uh, because uh, the whole coming to Taiwan was more influenced by my parents who has a business back home, they wanted me to go more into that field. And they had this company that they knew, which was not in Taipei, it was in Taichung. So I kind of like knew that I might just go there to like do my job over in that part of Taiwan. But then over time, I just kind of felt like, do I really want to be in that business? Like, is this what I really want to do? And that's the hurdle that I hit because I just felt like this was not my passion, I feel like I I didn't want to do something that I'm not as interested in. So I started looking for jobs, not really sure what kind of job, but like something that's a little bit similar similar to what I studied in school, which was marketing. And it was really hard because there are not many um, opportunities of that sort in Taiwan that would hire a foreigner. Mm. Um, and i just got really lucky when um, the company that i currently work uh, work for they reached out to me and um, just we went through an interview process but the thing was the job that i uh, they were trying to get me for i didn't get that job but they were having another position which was in social media and it worked out for me from there and that's where I found the
0: current. What was the original position that you went for?
1: Uh the one the my company right now? Yeah. yeah. It was like um like you write articles and stuff like a digital marketer. yeah. Yeah. But uh I guess like they weren't looking for that style. Um so I decided to do the social media which is a lot closer to what my style is anyway. So I think It worked out in the end. And primarily, I didn't want to leave Taipei because I just felt so comfortable being here. Like, all my friends are here. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, I had to pack my bags and go to another part of Taiwan. That would have been such a strange kind of feeling for me. So I didn't want that.
0: Yeah. And I guess, like, other parts of Taiwan are so different as well.
1: Right, right, right. And yeah, I guess it was just like a daunting feeling, like, having to start all over again. Because coming to Taiwan was my first experience overseas. So um, just like...
0: Is that traveling or like everything or just living? Or Just living, I mean, (laughs) like I've been overseas
1: before. But the thing is like living overseas is a very different story. And I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't want to have to go through that again. Not at that point in my life, at least. Yeah. yeah.
0: And do you think you'll head back in the future? Like, what, I guess, where do you see yourself in the next year?
1: Um, in the next year, I feel like that's just always so hard to say. Definitely, because, yeah. um, you know, like you're young and you want to experience so much. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, when do you want to go back to? <laughs> I get asked this all the time. And my answer is, I really don't know. Just because I feel like I have so much ahead of me. And for me to like, be like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I think that's just, um, it's just hard for me to say.
0: Yeah. And looking ahead, I guess, do you have any goals for this year?
1: Uh, goals for this year? Yeah. Um, definitely want to be better at my fitness journey because, um, I've always been on and off with that and I only got more serious summer of last year and been very consistent with it. So I want to able to keep that momentum. And also um, in terms of like careers, I hope that um, the job that I'm doing right now, it will give me more perspective on like what I want to achieve in the future. I definitely want to do like a master's. So maybe I'll start like um, prepping for my tests and stuff so that I will have like my scores and I don't really have to worry about it when I start like applying and stuff yeah mm-hmm.
0: and tell me about your fitness schedule because I think this is really interesting and in like uh it's almost a period now where everybody is mm-hmm. like new year new me yeah and wants to get into the gym and there's always like a, a, a rise in the gym memberships and whatnot but mm-hmm. um particularly myself as well what I found difficult is managing work and social life but also an exercise like routine as well Mm -hmm. and there have been some people who get up really early some people do after work so I guess what how have you found kind of incorporating into your life I guess
1: um I think that was all through like trial and error and not being so hard on myself about it because I think in the past the way I thought about fitness was if I missed the day or anything I would feel so guilty about it and I just feel like that's not a healthy mindset. Um, You know, your fitness journey isn't just like a journey. It's your lifestyle, right? So um, I just go whenever I feel like I can fit it in. Um, If I'm not meeting anyone like that day, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to the gym or I'll specifically say that I'm going to the gym today and I'll meet you another day. And so that makes it a a lot easier to manage on top of like going to work, and stuff like that and normally I know people like to work out in the morning I personally like to have the morning to myself so that I can get ready so I just do it after work and I feel like that works with my schedule a lot better
0: okay that's really interesting yeah um so what would be your advice I guess to people who don't exercise and I'm, I'm kind of like thinking about myself already, but I, I, I definitely tried to get into some kind of routine and and kind of fell out of it And I guess a lot of people will be in the same boat as well. So, I mean, what's kept you going or what, what, yeah.
1: Um, Well, like I said, like trial and error, I've done like many different types of exercising, like from working working out at home to going to Zumba classes, going to yoga classes, um, running, going to the gym. And then I like started personal training. Um, So I found what I really liked out of all the things, I, I realized that I did not like running. I did not like doing yoga. I really liked doing Zumba. Like if I could, I would like to incorporate more. But I haven't been to Zumba recently. But I realized that for my personal training, I really did enjoy weight training. Which was something that I was completely intimidated by in, in the past. Because, you know, I'm a very tiny girl. And just like trying to lift something that heavy was just a daunting feeling. So once, you know, I was very I don't know, I think once I was educated about weight training and knew more about it, it became a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. And I think that's how um you can keep the momentum is just doing things that you enjoy rather than like feeling, "Oh, this is a chore. I have to do this or whatever."
0: Yeah, and I guess if you haven't explored all those options, and I guess it could could like a chore like if you had to run every day yeah because yeah.
1: like I thought running like because a lot of people run right so they'll be yeah. like oh it's good for you it's cardio and stuff but I realized that maybe that's not the car- cardio for me so I realized that you know Zumba was probably better for me because it's dancing I like to dance kind of thing
0: yeah so I guess we've gone down the route of almost like how you knew Carmen, how she kind of fits in, and then you're we've you, gone you, you around your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, if I take it back to the start, and now I would talk about Nick. Mm-hmm. So, how did you meet Nick and how does he fit into the picture? I guess
1: okay. So, like, Nick, um, he's someone that I met more towards like the middle of my time in Taiwan. Uh, we went to the same school, but our paths never crossed. And I think I met him the first time at the bar, which was like some place that Carmen recommended to go but we met really briefly and then we met again during um, KTV which was karaokeing and uh, from there I think we kept just having lunch as a group together and our group just got like smaller and smaller each time because people kept leaving Taiwan and that's how we became more acquainted with each other and now we're closer friends I see him more often since he's in Taiwan right now (laughs) and we talk and we have, like, oh, uh, just, like, moments where we can just share, like, what we're thinking. And I think that's, like, really great. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, it. how do you feel about people always leaving and coming and going when it comes to friends? Because I guess that's something you don't really need to mm-hmm. worry about if I would say it was in my home country. Right. Rarely. But I guess here, especially because a lot of people come to study the Chinese and then kind of leave yeah yeah and do you still keep in touch with like these people who kind of go back and
1: um oh my gosh I I feel like (laughs) I'm such a bad person to like keep in touch with just not because like um I don't think about them or anything it's just um sometimes I'm just really bad at messaging and all that stuff so it's more like if people remember me then I'll be like, oh yeah, hi, how are you doing kind of thing. <laughs> but um, in terms of with my group of friends that um, have left, I mean, it was really sad just because we became such good friends and so close that when they left, it was kind of heartbroken, or heartbreaking at least. Like we cried at the airport when one of our friends, Kate, left. Um, And then with our other friend, John, we didn't cry because he made it very um, lighthearted and everything. But we were still sad that, oh, no, you know, our really good friend is leaving. And it's, it's definitely sad, like, to see people go. But I also think that, you know, they're leaving because they need to move on to the next part of their life. And I can only be happy for them from there. So... And I'll always be there to support them because I know that they're always supporting me. So it's all good. You know, like we can always meet halfway or like they, I can come visit them. They can come visit me. So... Um, I don't know, it's not too bad when I think of it in that perspective. Yeah,
0: I think it's a really nice way of looking at it as well. Yeah. Because I think in this day and age it is really I mean, it's kind of a paradox, right? Mm-hmm. We say it's really hard to keep up with everybody, yet yeah, like we can just message somebody in like five minutes. Right. But everybody's so busy that it just never really happens, mm-hmm. right? Um do you have any plans to go visit them or <laughs> not at the moment?
1: Yeah, I definitely do have like some plans to visit them, like not concrete plans, but Um, I would love to see them again you know they're such great people and um, people that I could see myself still talking to um, just later on in life like maybe if I need advice or um, just words of support then I could always come to them and I know that they'll always be there for me
0: yeah and I guess would you feel like you've had a constant like going through everything because I know like I guess you've had Carmen now, but it was a point where Carmen wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. I know people are always like, I kind of guess, <laughs> going and leaving and going and leaving, and it's just not na- like you said, it's just natural that people are moving on to
1: mm-hmm.
0: bigger and more important things. But
1: um, it's funny that you say that because um, I think when I first came to Taiwan, I thought I met a really good group of people um, that I could see myself being friends with, but they turned out to be like. I guess not the type of friends that I figured that they would be and that's okay you know that that was something for me to experience I don't dislike them or anything I just realized that oh maybe we're just not compatible as friends and from then I knew that you know I should try to meet people who are more positive for my life and you know I still like keep in touch with people of that time too like I'm not saying that they're all bad but I think meeting Carmen was like almost that first step (laughs) kind of thing Um, just because she's like a friend that's still there and it's been like a year and it's nothing has really changed between us like we're still really good friends and that's what I value in a relationship that um, no matter how long it's been or how um, how much we've gone through we can still remain friends and just like pick it up from there.
0: Yeah. And Carmen asked, she was like, <laughs> you should ask Mary, what's something that Carmen doesn't know? She ch- She thinks you won't be able to answer this question, so...
1: Like, something that I don't know about her? or no, something
0: you... that she doesn't know about you.
1: Oh. Something? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she knows a lot about me. Um. Uh, maybe that I don't like sitting next to windows because I feel like I might shot but that's more of an irrational fear maybe she knows that
0: <laughs> wait wait where where, so say that again
1: sorry like um sitting by windows because i oh, mean just, if it's I, like, like public high...
0: transport and things like that or no shit, like by situations. like
1: if i'm at like a restaurant or something and it's on like the first floor i prefer not to sit like right near the window just because i don't know some some something person could just like happened, sh- right? yeah yeah some per- yeah. like some person could just do something like break in or like shoot you it's more of an irrational fear, like, it's probably never going to happen, but, um, you know, it's kind of those things that I, like, worry and have an- anxiety about.
0: So, so let's say you went out on a date with somebody and yeah. you happened to get positioned by the window. Would you bring it up or...?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if it was more of a romantic gesture, maybe I'll suck it up. But if it's more like just casual or something, I'd I'd probably be like, oh, how about this? seated <laughs> said, and kind of like directed towards that way. But I probably wouldn't bring up the irrational fear just yet.
0: Yeah, would you would you say you had any other fears?
1: Oh, I think I have a fear of being um, stagnant. Uh, just like there's no progression in my life, I think that's a very scary thing because I feel like there's always. Um, room for development if you're not really developing as a person it's like what are you doing yeah so I don't know I don't want to maybe just being complacent like just being just comfortable where you are because you know you should always challenge yourself and want to be better and so I think that's kind of like a fear of mine is just stuck in one position and never moving
0: I I think I find I find that quite interesting as well because I know a couple of people who seem to be quite stagnant but seem to be quite happy as well and quite like mm-hmm. content with how they are and how life is going and sometimes I I think I'm similar in your aspect in like I'm like do something yeah <laughs> but I guess that's uh yeah if it, and have you ever felt times where you have felt stagnant and kind of broken out of it or have you just
1: yeah of course like um I've felt that before like just I didn't see anything happening for me but I've always been like a very proactive type too. like, oh, if this is not really working out for me or I'm not benefiting from this, then I should try a different approach. That D- doesn't mean like do a 180, but it just means like changing up a little a little thing here, a little thing there. And then when you see little changes, you'll start seeing um, better results kind of deal if that makes sense yeah so yeah. i guess
0: you're always kind of growing and, and i guess would you would you say you're like a risk taker
1: um i'd probably say so moving here is a risk right yeah. just because i didn't know <laughs> yeah. anything about taiwan and me just coming into it i think that's like a risk on like on its own
0: yeah do you yeah. have any regrets at all
1: oh no of course not i feel like me being in taiwan was very crucial to my development and growth as a person as a young adult because I mean I always think about it and I feel that if I stayed back home I would just I mean I would have my development but my development would come at a different pace I think being here required me to be even more dependent um just like rely on myself even more um because that's the only person I could rely on and um I had to do things for myself that I, um, I had like family to help me out, so it just like allowed me to grow in that aspect and all an aspect and also be able to um, reflect on certain things that maybe I I've never reflected on, hmm. and I think that's like really important to me is to like look back on like what are things that have bothered me and like can I get over it and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: And I guess I know quite a few people as well who may be on the fence about going abroad mm-hmm. or kind of making that leap. So I guess in terms of just somebody moving abroad, what kind of advice would you give them if it had to be just like quick?
1: Um, I mean, definitely if you have like this, um, this urge to like move overseas, I would say do it um, because you only have this one life and I feel that everyone should have an experience to um, live somewhere that is not what you're comfortable with. And when you do, I feel that you, I don't, know I can't say that I promise you that you're going to have this like best growth or like best development of your life. But that is what I have for myself. And I think I would want someone to also experience that too if they could I mean like if you're okay with staying where you are that's fine too but living overseas is just a very different experience and everyone will have their own story behind it and I think that's a, such a beautiful thing that you know when you talk about it with people you, you're like this is my own story and this is what makes it so unique
0: yeah I think that's a really nice message yeah. to kind of leave it on yeah but um, one last thing before I end and this was just like a kind of rogue thrown out there mm-hmm. question but um, in terms of, like, things that you've read or watched or heard of recently, mm-hmm. what's one thing that you would recommend to somebody, almost to something that maybe interested you in the last couple of weeks?
1: Um, hmm. Well, wow. this is, like, a very <laughs> – I feel like I have to think about this a little bit more. Um I think it's just more like, I don't know. Um, Maybe like recently I've been like catching up with a lot of my friends and when I've talked to them, they've always told me like, wow, I'm so proud of you, of like the things that you've done. And sometimes I just think like, oh, you know, when I'm out over here, like are people actually thinking about me or like, am I just like a no one now since I'm living here? right but when I get those messages I just feel like wow I have this support system I mean that's not here for me physically but they're over there and they're still like cheering me on and saying like you know I'm so proud of what you've done you know you've become this like beautiful individual that has like such good experiences and like a story behind it and I think that is like a very good reinforcement that like what i'm doing out here isn't like just a waste of time that i'm actually doing something valuable for myself yeah. so i think that's just like something that you should like i feel like i should remind myself that oh you know there are still people out there like who are thinking of me and that i shouldn't feel that i'm alone
0: yeah like the outside support system yeah even though you don't see these people or yeah. maybe chat to these people for months at a time even, yeah you know that they're out there and like there's people yeah kind of looking over you
1: yeah I remember yeah. like one time I did like a whole Instagram update about my life <laughs> and then um from that I've gotten so many like responses like oh wow you know like I loved reading your story and like I actually really like it when you post things up on Instagram because I feel like I'm living through your stories and, and I'm living through your life and you know continue what you're doing and um, continue being who you are. And I think that's, that's like a great thing. And I can only be, um, just grateful for stuff like that. Awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks very much for uh, going on for all. Is there anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> or...
1: No, <laughs> I'm just like kind of nervous doing stuff like this. Cause I know I seem like a very extroverted kind of individual, but I think when we're talking about like interviewing, I'm just like, oh, how, how am I supposed to answer these questions? But, you know, you're a very good interviewer. And
0: interviewer. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the things I want to get out of it as well. Yeah. Is like, almost, There's so many different interview styles and ways to lead. Mm-hmm. And I think almost just being a better listener as well. Yeah. So I think something that I really struggled with, well, not really struggled with, but back at university, I used to be really loud. and <laughs> always kind of like step over people almost. And yeah. I became really aware of it and um, I think I've slowly tried to shift more and more and more but um, yeah I think it's quite interesting and in, like even just being here in Taipei and meeting you guys like yeah. I've learned so much already in like two days yeah <laughs> it's insane right yeah so. I think
1: that's like great Um, I guess another thing like a final thing I want to bring up is being in Taiwan you meet so many people in different walks of life and I think that's just so great because that adds into like my, lear- my learning pro- progress and just like my learning curve just shoots up from there because from one person's story you can gain so much information and I think like wow like you've experienced life in this way and I see different perspectives because you know you're we're really sometimes we might, might just be stuck on our own perspectives and once you hear how other people deal with things you're like oh that's like actually a pretty valid thing and you might apply that for something else in your life and I think that's really great
0: great awesome all right well we'll say bye to the listeners
1: bye